Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The 215th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win 54 to 53. North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good. Fred Brown looking. Oh, wait a worthy. Worthy five. The Star Heels are going to win the national championship. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won. 72 and how about them Tar Heels they are the national champion pump fake for three too strong on the shot that's it the Tar Heels are the national daggum champion love guarded by Keels gets a screen pulls up for three got it Caleb Brooks straight away here are your hosts Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today to talk about another Carolina defeat. As Carolina did fall at home to Miami, 82-72. We're going to recap the game. We'll go through the box score. We got some audio from Hubert Davis and Armando Baycott. We want to play for you guys and so much more. And so, you know, without a- a- any further waiting, let's just go ahead and dive right in to this loss because um, I don't know if <laughs> di- – I don't think disappointing is the word to describe it. I think it's deflating because you didn't lose to a bad team. Miami's really, really good. Miami might be the best team in this conference, the most complete team in this conference on both ends. They're the team that I've seen the most of here recently, them in Virginia. And I think if you put them on a neutral court, I think they're better than the the Cavaliers because that backcourt is something serious. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. But, I mean, first off, Carolina has never lost in the regular season on a Saturday-Monday turnaround until last night. They were 3-0. Before they, Under Hubert Davis. Yeah. In the regular season. Yes, in the regular, yeah, yeah. Because, of course, they lost the national title game, which is a Saturday-Monday tournament. Yes, yes. You know, so they were 3-0 and going into last night's game. And, look, those things are really, really hard. Whether Even if you have them both games at home, like Carolina did with Clemson at home and then Miami at home, it's still really, really hard to get off that high or low of, 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 a, of a game and be ready to play in 48 hours. But that was what Carolina was challenged with. And I thought the first 20 minutes, Carolina was there. I thought they competed. There was energy, effort. There was enthusiasm. And then, for whatever reason, when they went to halftime, 
they just reverted back to same old Carolina, and that's not that's not good because Miami is just too good of a team to play the way you played last night and expect to come away with the win. And, and you know, it, I I don't know, man. Like I, we we both we both picked Carolina to win the game. Um. You know, but I think we Many both... Many people did. It wasn't just us. You know, I, I think we knew this was still there. Like, what what they did on Saturday didn't erase it, but I didn't think it would show back up the very next game. And, and that's that's why we're sitting here and you've got one... You've got one very confused podcast host because I, I don't really know what to make of this team. And I don't know if it makes me a bad fan that... I'm losing faith in them by the day. Yes. Because that's I mean no, I'm it, just kidding. It's like every time I watch them play, I lose faith. And I know what they did last year, but I don't think what they did last year is gonna like I don't think they're capable of doing that again. Hey man, they got five games left in the regular season. And all so five like, of them matter. Yeah. So like I, I just and I and I don't I, know if it's losing faith. You're you're lo- you're running out of time. And I don't know if three and two is enough to get it done. I really don't. No. No. I think it's four and one, and I think the loss has to, the the only the loss has to be to Virginia. And, if you lose if you lose to state, it's over. Like the thing was was like when the when the calendar turned to February, we identified a this six game stretch that we're in right now. And that it, it comes to an end on Sunday, as the as the make or break point of the season for Carolina. And remember, Carolina was seven and three in the league. We thought they had turned the corner. We thought they were rounding back into form of the type of team we thought they were going to be in November. Yeah, yeah. And they're now eight and seven in the league. They're, they're one sixteen and, four. and ten overall. One and four in that stretch. And they've lost four out of five. One and four in the crucial stretch that we talked about. I got to be honest. We thought, okay, maybe this team, even if they haven't turned the corner, I mean, we thought they were gonna, they they would be at least two and three, right? I'm like, I'm gonna tell who you, who the hell saw one and four from this stretch? I saw five and one with the only loss coming to Duke because of the magnitude of what that game is. I yeah, it, it's I don't just really too blame hard you. to go in there and win on a consistent basis. I saw five and one. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I got to be honest. I mean, if you would have told me that they they went four and two during the stretch and they lost to Miami, I would have been like, all right, because yeah, I I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I don't I don't know if Miami is going to win the regular season title. I think Miami is easily the best team when it comes to. That teams making a tournament run out of the ACC. That that is the way they play. They've got the highest ceiling. They they could be. I I think they are an elite eight. If I if I had to fill out my bracket right now blindly, don't know the matchups. That's an elite eight team. Could be a final four team depending on who they face. They're yeah. that good. Yeah, the team Carolina played last night and the team that they play Sunday are probably the two the two teams in the league that if they wind up playing in the elite eight round. 
I'm not going to be surprised. Virtually yeah. everybody else, like if, if if Virginia makes the Elite Eight, I'm going to be surprised because Virginia can't score. No. Their no. back their backcourt isn't good enough like it was in 2019 to, to carry them. At this point, if Duke makes it out of the first round, I'd be shocked. <laughs> so like Because it, their shooting is just, oh my God, it's horrendous at times. I mean, this is coming from, from a Toriel fan. You know, and somebody that covers this team, but yeah, I mean, no, it doesn't make you a bad. You, you are you are literally running out of time. Like there is, we've reached a point in the season where now, yes, you have to go four and one. Like I said, it's four and one, and the loss has to be to Virginia for you to feel comfortable about where you go in the ACC tournament. And I, it'll be much like some of the teams faced a year ago, like Wake Forest a year ago. You have to win a game in the ACC tournament in order to lock yourself in. But, yeah, I mean, right as of right now, the way the team's playing, you would have to imagine they're going to go into the ACC tournament having to win the final in order to they, – they have to win the automatic berth or else they're probably not going because they're just – they're just not consistent enough, man. We thought they were going to build off of what they did on Saturday. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I thought in the first half, I said, okay, okay. I was there. This was- this looks like this looks like they're they're doing what they have to do. I just thought Miami hit some some tremendous shots. I mean, dude, Nigel Pack had a couple of shots in that first half where it's like, I mean, how what are you doing with that? You you don't want that dude guarding that far out and picking up a foul. Um but I'll be I'll be, you know, I'll be damned. They came out in that second half. Credit to Jim Laranega and that Miami coaching staff. They did a tremendous job of basically taking away what Carolina was doing in the first half, which was driving the lane. And, you know, defensively, I mean, Carolina, I, I, I don't think defensively Carolina played poorly in the second half. Um, they just, for they, they had a stretch where be, I, I think because of the ineptitude of the offense, because of some bad shots, some turnovers, Miami, they raced out to, you know, a nine, they, they had a 9-0 stretch to start. And that was pretty much the game right there. Carolina, you know, they 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 were down as much as 14 and they battled back into the game. Credit for that, but at the end of the day, I mean, look, it's it I I don't look at it as a bad loss. It was like I was telling people last night. No, it was a bad performance. It, I, and it, and at this point in the year, that crap shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Um because it, th- it felt like good teams build off of what they done. It's February 14th. They ain't built on crap. There has not been a single game this year that they have done something really, really well, and that's carried over into the next game. It just simply hasn't well, happened. Ohio State into Michigan was probably as no, close didn't. as he got. Those were two. Those are two mediocre to below average basketball teams, and you barely beat well, Ohio State. Well, yeah, but State. I'm saying what your the stuff that you did. That was the one stretch no. where we said, okay, that's probably a carrying over. But it's that. But that's no. that's incredibly sad. No, the fa- no, it's it's factual that they actually carried it over from game to game. But it doesn't matter because now is that is that getting you into the NCAA tournament? Hell no. no. Hell no. Somehow. Could you say that again? Somehow. She can't even believe it. Shut up, Siri. Siri can't even believe it. But somehow it took until now, but Ohio State's now out of the top 30. So now that game 
is not even a quad one game. Nope. So now you are 0-9 in quad one games. Like, I, I mean, it is just, it's unthinkable. And, yeah, I mean, it's, look, I, I think we all know that if Carolina is anywhere close to being in, if they are in that, that, that first four out and Kentucky is in the, if they can get Carolina and Kentucky in Dayton, they will make it happen. But at this point, I mean, you got to sit there and ask yourself, is Carolina going to be in a position to get a spot in the field deserving, deservingly? Probably not. I mean, not unless you go win Sunday against a top 20 NC State squad, you beat a top probably 10-ish Virginia squad at home. Yep. Okay, then yeah, you've okay, then you've done enough to where you you you've played yourself into the field. And call me call me a moron. I because because it's state, I don't think it's out of the question. But the thing, here's the thing about this at this point. If they win that game, on Sunday, do we do we really believe they're going to carry it over to the next game? No, because like it's a game by game thing. Now they're not at this point. We've got a twenty six game sample size. This team isn't capable of doing this. That. Does this does this team not look like? I mean, it looks like a John Calipari Kentucky team. It looks like a team that is filled with. Freshmen, four, five, maybe the entire starting lineup of freshman players. This is one of the most veteran rosters in the country. Well, and you know, the thing was, like, if you go back to November and they're squeaking out wins over UNC Wilmington, really good team, Gardner Webb losing at home at halftime against College of Charleston, a really good team. Remember, I was preaching, I was preaching patience because it was first off, this team was overwhelmed by being number one, about having to play with the weight of everyone's expectations. Mm-hmm. Even though, when you put on that uniform and you walk out of that tunnel, that's all that's automatically there. Well, like when they lost four straight, and we sat back and said, "Okay, we take a deep breath. Season's not over. You got a chance to really rebound and, and, and make something out of this." Just hasn't happened. We even so we even said that the other day. We even said, look, you beat Clemson. If you can build off of that, then even the three-game losing streak that you had will be yeah, it, in the in the past it would when be it a comes distant, to— It'd be a distant memory if you if you string together back-to-back quality performances. Yep. Hasn't happened all season long. And it's the middle of freaking February. Yes. You know, and the thing about the loss last night that really got a lot of people ticked off, and I mentioned this after they lost the the game to Wake Forest, gives Carolina double-digit losses for the fourth straight season, the longest streak since they had double-digit losses for six straight years, back from 1949, so before Frank McGuire got on campus, through 1955, so two years before they won the national title and, and really – made basketball a thing not just in Chapel Hill but in the south overall and man like <laughs> I know you can look at a lot of different factors um you, you know that 2019 2020 team for for Roy Williams was injury plagued um and that team was 14 and 19 they weren't going to the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. you know the next year you you go through a covid year you go I think 19 and 11 2011 Two freshman guards. Two as well. freshman yep. guards. Last year, first year head coach. Uh, you bring in a transfer, twenty nine and ten. 
Now you're 16 and 10. I'm just going to be frank, dude. But four straight losing uh, seasons of double digit losses, that ain't good enough. That's well, they're they're bordering on becoming the next Indiana. And, they and, really are, and it's just, uh, it's. I mean, I can remember as a kid taking three years to lose ten games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, modern college basketball, it's it's tough, man. You're going to see one seeds that are going to have seven losses. Yeah, I mean, I like, mean it's like going to happen. Like six or seven, I'm not going to I'm not going to complain about that because by God, you play forty games, you're going to. Like, I don't expect this team to go. 36 and 3 like they did in 08 or 34 and 4 like they did in 09. Well, I, I mean, don't look, we, we thought we thought I mean, how many losses coming into the year did we honestly think this team would have? 5 in the regular season? I I mean, yeah. I, I would have said cuz I didn't expect to go undefeated in the non-conference, don't expect to go undefeated in the ACC. I said at the most 6. Yeah. You know, pre ACC tournament, like I thought they would enter. I thought they would enter the NCAA tournament twenty four and six, twenty five and 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 four, something like that. Yeah, I mean, and, and realistically, we're staring down if if they make the tournament, they're going to be without a, winning uh, a, the the automatic qual- qualifier. They will have probably twelve losses. Yeah, it's just. And I mean, listen, um, that's not good enough. That's below the standard. And when you start preseason number one, and you were an overwhelming favorite to win this conference, yep, it's all the more damning. And that's why this fan base right now is apathetic. That's where that's where the fan base is. If you take the gauge of social media, your buddies, whatever, um, I think the thing that really is stuck in my head is how many fans are numb to it. No, I, I don't know if it's there. I'm, I think still a lot of people are pissed. I'm, I, I, I'm I not see numb a lot of to losing. I see a lot of anger. I don't think people are numb to it. I think people are I think people are incredibly overreactive. And I've said it I've said and I, I my my position is not changing on this. And look, we're we're gonna we're gonna get to the game. But there's still this big picture stuff. This idea of just, well, you know, it, we need to move on from Hubert Davis. He just ain't doing the right things. I mean, again, folks, look at what happened last year in the NCAA tournament. And don't give me this horse crap that, oh, come on, man. Well, this it was just the team putting together a really great run. Really? Because this is the same group of people that you guys are absolutely massacring on social media for not caring, not playing well. Like, at, at what point, like, do you just hate the guy? Do you really just hate him? And again, if you hate Hubert, then you think, you clearly think that Roy Williams is a moron. You, you clearly think that Roy Williams doesn't know anything about basketball because he was the one that made this hire. He is the one that said, this is the guy that we need to run this program right now. And again, the other thing is, who is who is the Roy Williams that's out there right now, guys? Who's this savior that's coming in and taking over the program that we know has a proven track record and can get it done? Because it sure as hell ain't Wes Miller, man. And I hate having this conversation because every time I sound like I am just bagging on Wes Miller, and that's not what it is. Dude, go look at what he's doing at Cincinnati. He is not, I mean, he is not dominating there. It's, I mean, you're talking about when, when, if you're comparing him to Matt Doherty, 
and that situation, and we need to get ahead of the curve and not let things get that bad. Well, dude, Roy Williams was winning at Kansas. So unless you're willing to go outside of the family, and I'm going to tell you the first name that's going to come up, and I swear to God, if he is the coach of this team, I will ne- I will not do this podcast. I will stop watching the team until he leaves. If Jay Wright is the coach of this team, I will not watch this basketball program. I won't do it. I hate him. I hate him with a passion. So that's that's the point that you have you have to get to and realize. And I, I just I cannot believe we are sitting here not even a year after, not even a full year after this dude took us to the final Monday of the season in his first year, and we're saying, man, I don't know, man, this guy, this guy probably ain't got it. I mean, holy, holy crap. Come on, man. You almost made me cuss right there. It's unbelievable. Um, I don't want him fired. Is he short of criticism? No. No, is, is he, you can is, criticize. But is he, is he short for the finger being pointing at him for the problems on this team? No, because I think the biggest issues on this team is a direct. Is a direct. So you think he's the biggest issue with this team? Uh, I thought last night he got massively outcoached, and he didn't help his team do anything to win the ball game. Yeah. What else is he supposed to do, dude? Dude, I'm here to tell you there ain't nobody on this team that's coming in and shooting the ball well. It just ain't it's, happening. It's, you can sub all you want. There is nobody that is built. He he did. He put in Puff Johnson, dude. Puff had a terrible night. It, it's, Tyler it's, Nickel it's not, ain't coming in. It's not that he. It's 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 his inability. It's his it's his inability to coach with conviction and realize that whatever he's doing isn't working. And you haven't earned the right to be stubborn. You haven't. When you win nine hundred and three games and three national titles, you can sit on that sideline and do whatever the heck you want. You've won 45. You haven't earned that right. And so when a full-court press that has worked all season long goes – because it once again, when he brought it out last night, did it not impact the game? It helped Carolina get No, I agree. That, that's – look, I'm not saying that he can't be criticized. That's an area – that the full-court press, why are we not seeing that so more th- often? That's my thing. Do I want him fired? No, I don't. I did that last year. Not, not, not going down that road. Is but, it because of that though, or so? If if you didn't say that last year, would you be at that point right now? Do I think that his he is mirroring what Matt Doherty did, where he had a really really good first year, and of course Hubert's was better than Doherty's? Yeah, because it's not. Oh my! Because it's not just on the court either. You look at it off the court too. Matt Doherty rec- was recruiting his was bringing in talent that would go on to win a national championship. Hubert Davis right now is. Recruiting talent that's going to go on and win that could go that could win a national championship. And this, so, this is the same group, by the way, that couldn't win when when Roy was there. Oh, that's, are we acting like these dudes are perfect? Well, I think that's my Come saving on. grace is that they drove him into retirement. But you know, at at some point, we've got to be able to say that even though he's a second year coach, yeah, you are. But you're a second-year coach at the most prestigious basketball program in the country. With the most lofty expectations that a second-year coach has ever had in the history of college basketball. I'm not going to feel sorry for you. That's the job. When you do what you did last year and you bring four guys back, 
Yeah. Well, they don't. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. The dudes there, I, the majority of this season, they have not seemed committed to playing up to the expectations so, themselves. You know, it's, it's he's not, not he's not above criticism, but. I, I'm I'm sorry if I'm not pointing the finger at him mostly. I'm pointing the finger at these guys who have taken a major step back this year. Yeah, but in college, it is it is so much the co- the coach's responsibility to get those guys to play. In 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 the pros, you're playing for a paycheck. In college, you're playing for a program. And so, is that the tr- is is that is that the truth anymore? If though? if 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 you can't. And and again, this is where and I don't want him fired. I I I just I'm not I'm not short of giving him criticism. When I thought last night he was a like the Duke game, I thought he he did everything from a coaching standpoint to give Carolina a chance to win the game. There have been some games where I thought he did the right thing. We just didn't execute. I'll live with that. Last night wasn't one of those moments. But whenever this, whenever you say in the media, I'm going to find the five best guys that give us a chance to win, and you trot out the same five guys that aren't helping you win, what's your your, your message is falling on deaf ears to your fan base? Wow. And so, I, I mean, look, dude, Puff showed last. I mean, he he ain't exactly a, a great solution either. I mean, um, my God. So let's take a look at the box score. Uh, it's not. It's a, it's 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 another weird one, Carolina. Shot 44% from the field uh, compared to Miami's 46%. Believe it or not, Carolina made more field goals in the game and lost the game. Took 10 more field goals than Miami and lost the game. Carolina shot 15 of 31 from three, 16%. That's the lowest on the season. After shooting 45% on Saturday and going 15 of 33, uh, meanwhile, Miami was an efficient 6 of 13 for 46%. Free throw shooting, this was a big issue. Carolina just 9 of 15. Miami 22 of 26. So Car- uh, Miami made seven more free throws than, than Carolina attempted. It's a problem. Carolina just nine turnovers, so they did what we wanted them to do in that department. Um, and only 11 Miami points off of those turnovers. On the flip side, they forced 13 turnovers, mm-hmm. just seven points off of them. Rebounding 40 to 32 Miami. That's probably the most as as bad as the shooting numbers are. That was what was the most deflating. Was Carolina just couldn't get the rebounds they needed to get. Also, time yep, timely rebounds late in the game couldn't get them. Um, Pointed that out in the preview. Lost 32 to 23 on the defensive glass. Nine to eight Carolina on the offensive glass. Both teams with 14 second chance points. Nine to two bench points Miami. 40 to 30 points in the paint for Carolina. Uh, just four fast break points for Miami, two for the Heels. Carolina five blocks compared to none for the, for Miami. Carolina was seven steals compared to five for the Canes. Miami assisted on nine of their 26 made baskets. Carolina six of their 29. The game was tied five times, five different lead changes. All in all, Miami led for 29 minutes, 24 seconds compared to just six minutes. 58 seconds for Carolina. Let's move on now to the quote of the game where we got two different audio cuts we want to play for you guys. We start with the head coach of Carolina basketball, the aforementioned Hubert Davis, and he just simply said we couldn't make shots tonight. We were able to get to the basket. You know, we tried to get the ball to Armando a little bit more in the first half, but, you know, it felt good because we were still attacking the basket and getting points in the paint. 
Um, in the second half, uh, we tried to do that, and they just did a better job of closing down that paint. Uh, the only way that you could open that up is to make some perimeter jump shots, and we just weren't able to do it. And you know, we've, we had a number of good looks out there, and you know, on Saturday we were able to make some of those, and you know, tonight we weren't able to do it. Did y'all play the the Baycott cut and your and y'all show? Them? Okay, so you, and so you know what it sounds like. All right. Yeah, I mean, um, first off, he's not wrong. And and is, are we sure this is from last night's game? Because I feel like you could have said this early in the season. And you could play this literally every night except for the Clemson game. You know and. <laughs> And yes, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna take anything away from Miami. They're a well coached team, and that backcourt is maybe that that backcourt, in my opinion, is the best backcourt in this conference. Yes. My problem was when they took you away from getting to the basket. Twenty two of your first twenty eight points came inside the painted area. Mm-hmm. You then scored eighteen the rest of the way. So they did a much better job. No, they packed it in. Yep. Why why were we not able to make adjustments to their adjustments? That's where I get annoyed. Why is it that we just stick to whatever we're doing and we come out? Like we came out of a timeout after shooting two of 21 from three and took three consecutive three-pointers. Yeah. What am I supposed to believe? I, I mean, it, that, the, that he's not telling them to shoot the ball? Because if he's telling them to not shoot the ball and they're still shooting the ball, put them on the bench. Yeah, but then the guys that come in, I, I think what it is, honestly, is they're te- they're telling them, you know, we we've we've heard it in football. Hey, man, take what they're giving you, and right now they're 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 going to give you whatever you want from beyond the arc. They're going to say, hey, man, go ahead and shoot that, because it, it, it's it's not going down. And I think, you know, you've talked about the mindset before. A lot of these guys, I think, have the same mindset of, hey, if they got an open enough look, the only way to get in rhythm shooting-wise is to keep shooting and knock knock shots down, get through those slumps. That's the mindset that I think a lot of these guys have when it should be, hey, man, we got to find a way to make adjustments. I agree, man. The offensive end of the floor, they have to find a way. And and I I will say this. Man, Hubert Davis, you have to shuffle this staff after the season is over. Like, especially especially if King, if King Rice is out there, you need King Rice on this staff badly. Because he he I mean that would be a huge boost. King Rice, I don't I know he's had a down year at Monmouth. Man, that dude is that that program was incredibly consistent. In the that's the Mac conference, yeah, that's right? The Mac, yeah. Iona was just dominant in that conference when it came to the tournament, but he he had built a really solid program there. That's the area they've got to make changes, and he's got to find somebody on the that that can help them become more dynamic on the offensive end of the floor. I don't think there is any question about that at this point. But yeah, at the end of the day, you got to just have dudes that can make shots. Last year they did, and you saw the difference that it had. This year, I mean, we look. We knew there was going to be drop off from Brady Manick. There mm-hmm. is no, there is nobody 
on planet Earth that saw this coming. No, last year they were the second, third best perimeter shooting team in the history of the program. <laughs> I mean, this and, year they're going to finish bottom third. How is that possible? You are the worst three point shooting team in ACC play in the conference, mm-hmm. and it's not even close. You are shooting twenty nine percent from beyond the arc. Like, I, it's just, it is unbelievable. And, I mean, yeah, 31 is way too much. I told you exactly what happened last night when we were watching the game. There was a point in the game where Miami wasn't getting a ton of shots, but they were extremely efficient through that first half of the second half. And I, the mindset that these guys went to is the only way that we are going to catch up is by shooting and knocking down threes Mm -hmm. because we can't stop them on the defensive end of the floor. And that is a terrible mindset to have because once you saw that, they never recovered. And look, this is the problem, though. I think in their minds, you know what will justify that? Well, look at how we got back in the game late by shooting all those threes. No, that should not be the game plan, man. The fact that Armando Baycott took six shots the entire game is a problem. And I know he, had, he he got into foul trouble, but we were talking about it before we we got on here. All of, all five of his fouls came in the second half. Yep. In the first half, he didn't have a single foul. So why were you not looking for him more inside against the guy that was six seven? That's undersized. And I look, they've doubled him well. A lot of teams have recently. But I mean, yeah, it it there there needs to be more creativity. There's no doubt about that on the offensive end of the floor. The second piece of audio I want to play for you is Armando Baycott. Because this is what he had to say after Carolina's loss at home last night to Miami. Yeah, I mean, I'm honestly just blank right now, not really processing anything. I don't really know how I feel right now. You said the other day it's just one game. So what do you walk away from here? Just one game as well, or is it more than that? Nah, I mean, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know. We got to figure something out because we got a tough stretch coming up, and it doesn't get easier, so we got to figure it out. Was that Armando, or was that you? It sounded eerily similar. I mean, less than a, a week ago, he called his teammates out. Pretty much mandated. You don't want to play 100%. Quit. Don't come back. Yep. Six days later, Carolina loses, and he's at a loss for words. That just goes to show you where they're at. Can you blame? Yeah, I was going to say, can you blame them? Because I think we're kind of, whenever, like when people ask me what's wrong with this team, I mean, outside of shooting, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, there are, there is no clear answer for this team. There's nothing that you can say. Hey, if they fix this one thing, or at least maybe it's not something that you can point to, I think it's a belief thing at this point. There is not one thing that you believe this team can do to change what is happening. Nope. It's just there's there's not, man. You're at that point. And I mean, I know, look, it's it, some people are going to say, well, it's a bad look for them. Dude, at this point, yeah, I'd be pretty defeated as well because we said it, man. That was that was their last stand. Was that con- that that 37 minute conference that they had in the locker room after the loss to Wake Forest. The players only meeting in practice 
that Thursday. Yeah, because you, you can only like have you so many of those before they just they don't no, do anything. No, man. You add those back-to-back, that was it, man. That's it. I, I'm Look, I'm not writing them off yet. I think, it, it they like we said, you win four out of five down the stretch, you, you at least, you're in. But I'm going to tell you right now, Sunday, Sunday is it. And it's not because NC State's a bad basketball team. If you don't win that game, I, I just you because then you've lost two in, two in a row after that Clemson game. I just I don't know, man. I don't see that you can't. It, it doesn't feel like you can really bounce back from that. So yeah, it's it's hard not to feel disappointed. The stat of the game, I I, I honestly didn't know where to go. Um. Uh, how about I'll give you sixteen point one percent from beyond the arc. Yeah, five I, of thirty-one from deep. That's I mean, when you take that many shots, that's the difference in the ball game. I still think the rebounding has me. I mean, they entered the game plus five with a, on average margin than Miami. Yeah, that's and, another good one. And they lost. A, they lost a rebounding battle by eight. And how many times do I tell y'all that if if you win the rebounding margin? It offsets bad shooting nights. It offsets bad turnovers. It We've covers seen that up, against this team before. It covers up a lot of bad crap. It does. It is the most important part of the game. It is. I mean, the ball has to go through the basket. Well, the only way you get the ball is if you rebound the stupid thing. And so it's just... I mean, Baycott had four. Nance had six. RJ, I mean, Leaky Black was our leading rebounder with nine. And it, it'd be different if Miami was this rebounding power. They're, they're not. They're, their best rebounder, yeah, he averages 10 a game, but he's 6'7". You know, they I, they play four guards and a forward. Crap. <sighs> yep. We're going to take a break. We're going to get you the latest offer we have from DraftKings. And when we come back, I'm going to yell some more. After Carolina fell at home to Miami last night, 80 to, 70, 80 to 72. Stick around. We'll be back in just a moment after this message from DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry or, 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 or you know, Ja Morant, LaMelo Ball, whatever it is. Do all of these same-game parlay actions at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. 
we really hope you guys are taking full advantage of all those great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same mm. for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. Dude, you are putting some sauce even on the reeds because of the anger. Woo, um, man. I'm going to tell you, I was annoyed before the game even started last night. When Is that different from your normal mood, though? I feel like you're normally annoyed. When the basketball account tweeted out the starting five and yeah. I saw Pete Nance in the starting five, I, 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 I literally said to myself in my room, we're going to lose the game. So, so I was at dinner. I see the, the notification pop up because we had just sat down. So I was like, okay, I got to pull my phone out because I know I'm going to have to pull the game up here. I literally saw it pop up. Middle of dinner, no lie, said, what the F? Right in the middle. My, like, out of nowhere. And my dad's like, what do you mean? What's What What happened? I'm like, they're starting the same five again. I just, like, dude, <laughs> I, I don't claim to know a lot about basketball. That, okay, that, now that's a lie. Actually, but, I do. But, yes, I, just, I, I do. Very do, often. I know, I know a lot. Uh-oh. Pete Nance is not an ACC caliber basketball player. He's I gotta not. Tell you, how is he a power conference and I basketball just player? Don't no offense get. to him personally, but my God, man, you are—you are. You are oh. We've seen twenty-six games, and I, dude, when you make a shot like you made against Ohio State in the mecca of basketball, and that doesn't improve your your confidence level, that doesn't improve your game in game out play then you know what that tells me? That you're not good. And I don't get how Hubert Davis can sit there, game in, game out, and play this jabroni 30 minutes. Yeah, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me either. I, I mean, can't I... watch him make, make miss any more shots. I just can't. In 30 minutes, this was his box score. Two points, one of five shooting, 0 of 3 from 3, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, no fouls, 2 turnovers. That's one of his better rebounding nights. You play 30 minutes and you don't even commit a foul? Tell me you ain't trying without telling oh. me you ain't trying. Well, I mean, look, yeah, I, this is this is the thing that's that's really gotten bad here. <sighs> Is that not only not only is he really struggling offensively? We knew that. By the way, you talk about the shots that he hits. What about the one that he hit last night? He again hits that turnaround fade contested shot. That's the one that goes down. But the easy ones, man, they just ain't falling for him. The problem now is that bef- even before. You could see it on the defensive end. You could say, okay, I understand why he's in there in certain stretches because he's doing something defensively. Man, last night, oh my God, the amount of times. I mean, there were so there there were like three or four different instances where he just literally stood and chose not to close out on the basketball. He's right there in front of the dude. He just stands there and watches him. I just, I'm like, what are you watching? And you know what really Come just on, you know man? what really ticks me off? is whenever he screws up, which is quite frankly every time he does something. Oh, man. He just runs down the court without a care in the world. I wouldn't say without a care in the world. Go sit on the bench, hold your own freaking hand, and sing Kumbaya because I'm over it. I I just, at this point, at this point, it's it's not even, it's, I mean, some of it's his fault. 
it's, some of it is just the dude ain't got no confidence. Get him, but that's the thing. Why are you letting him stay out there and just continue to mess up? Because the more mistakes that he makes, it's not going to get better for him. Like, it's just going to get worse because you're going to have guys like us that are going to get to this point where we're just like, get this dude off the floor, well, man. And the thing is, and, and, I had, so, and, I, and I had a P1 send me a message about this. Would, would, would a Hubert have sat Dawson Garcia last year and he not gotten hurt? Because remember, we mm. were at the same point with Dawson and Brady. Like, you could tell Carolina was better with Brady than with Dawson. You had to sacrifice things defensively, but he opened up the floor, played with great effort. All And look, I'm not saying Puff Johnson's going to replicate and do for what this team, what Brady Manick did a year ago. Yep. And look, Puff's not short of criticism either because he missed a point-blank layup because he couldn't decide if he wanted to lay the ball or dunk the ball. Well, yeah, hey, that's six freaking ten. Put your armpit in the ring. That's the saving. That's the saving grace for Hubert in this in this scenario. But, but, is that I, dude? He you don't you don't. If you had a guy that we were like like if let's say you had Nas Little when he came off the bench, you had that dude sitting there and you weren't playing him over P. Nance, it would be like, okay, dude, what in the hell are you doing? But, I mean, he just doesn't have that consistent guy. My thing with with Puff is, man, that dude plays hard, and he doesn't make as many mistakes. That's that's what it is. I'm not – look, well, I'm he, not here to question if, if, if Pete is playing hard. Oh, and I last, am. Last night, I, I, I did question it. Outside of that, sometimes I think he is playing hard. I don't. And he just makes mistakes. I don't think he's played hard at any point this season. Okay, well – that's that's your opinion on that one. So I, I I just but it's not even it's not even the Pete Nance starting over Puff thing. What is this? What is this deal with resting Armando at the 13, 14 minute mark? Because he's done it now in consecutive games, and he did it last so, night when we got Miami into early foul trouble. They have to go even smaller. And our response to that was to take the best post player in the in the conference off the court. So I okay, I'm with you on that. Now the one question that I would have was, did Armando tell him, "Hey, take me out for a second because he was dealing with what?" Because remember, he went to the locker room right before halftime with as oh man, it was back tightness. Was it Adriana Carter that said that from ESPN? I think that was her name. That sideline reporter. She said that it was back tightness. No, that's not these. This is a pattern. This has happened now. It happened on Saturday against Clemson. It happened a little bit. Uh, it, it happened in the game against Wake Forest. And look, I know I've I know I've also sat on here and griped about the bench. Um, Jalen Washington is going to be a really good basketball player. He is going to be a really good basketball player here. Some pe- some people want him to start. Uh, you, what do you think of that idea? Um, he, I I don't want to see him on the court. The rest oh. of the year. Oh, wow. Um, All right, that's a response to that. It is winning time. Armando Baycott doesn't need to come off the court unless he's in foul trouble, which then happened in the second half because he committed four fouls in five and a half minutes. Which one of them was pathetically I, terrible. I My just, God. I just didn't – I did not understand in that moment, like – and look, I get it. You, they're going smaller. You've got to match up with that. But they don't have. They didn't have a guy that could guard him before the foul troubles. 
And then when they get in foul issues, your response was to take him off the court? I mean, I, I got to be honest. That that wasn't even what killed him, though. I mean, having him on the floor, of like, and, and I'm not saying that this is ultimately what did him in. They had him on the floor at the beginning of the second half, and they looked worse than during that stretch where he was off the Dude, floor. Dude, I'm not saying it, but, I mean, look. It's just, it, that this was, team just makes no sense. That was a chance in the game that Carolina could have taken control of the game. Oh, I don't know about they, that. They man. they could have they could have put their stamp. They could have they could have established control and dictated the way the game was going to have play. Have you seen the way this team's been playing? And, I, maybe maybe they could have, but I find that far fetched. And that and that just that didn't happen. And it's just he's hitting himself on the head. In case you guys are wondering what that what that sound was, it doesn't make. It doesn't make any sense. I have a question. Does anything with this team make sense? Can any can, can you pick out anything on this team right now that makes sense? No, because I because no. I've been trying. Nothing does. I've been trying since November to figure out what 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 I have, and what I have is a is a disappointing a basketball team. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's also true. That's that's what I that I I pour my heart and soul into. And my life revolves around watching them play and watching them compete. Yes, you have literally turned down women for uh, basketball. And this is this is right now what I'm for. And it's not just this year. For the for the fourth straight year, I'm not having fun. That's that's. I, I got to tell you, that sounds. So you are. So you are in the midst of basketball depression, is what I'm hearing. I'm not having fun watching the team that I I love. Yeah, play the game. You're right, man. That I, mean, I love. It's, it's just, not fun. Well, because because even last year, you know, during the regular season, and the years prior, it's just you have no clue what team is ever showing up. Where, like, in years past, you knew, okay, you knew certain games. Okay, like last night's game, I would give you that. Even in years past, you would say, okay, that's a pretty tough game. But most of the time, you were you were more worried about what team for the opponent was showing up than what Carolina team was showing up. Like, go back to the last time, uh, uh, if going off of your schedule, go back to the last time. When Kobe White was leading that 2018-19 team, you knew what team was showing up every time, right? Yeah, a fun one. Like yeah, that yeah, you its were tail off. There was there was never really that much uncertainty with that team. Maybe early in the year. Remember, dude, remember the good times with that team? Remember what we were arguing about with that team? It still was rotation. We were arguing about uh Nazir Little starting or off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> that was the most that was the the most controversial thing. Now, I mean, we would we would kill to be back in that spot. Like I I just Yeah, it, it's it's frustrating and it's just they're they're at that point, man, where there there aren't really a whole lot of solutions. You know, the rotation no matter how you mix it up, it just doesn't seem like there's any consistency to it. Um, and and you know, yeah, the loyalty thing. I, I think 
Is is that is that Huber trying to carry over Roy's loyalty to a certain extent? Loyalty gets people fired. Yeah, I mean we've dude, we have spent how long talking about that with Mac Brown, man? Oh my God, I mean that that is every episode. Like, dude, I get it. I get not wanting to bail on a dude for one bad game, but when there's a consistent stretch like He's this, one of his last twenty-two. Yeah, three. when there is a consistent stretch like this, you got you've got to make a change. And to be honest with you, it would probably help him out, bringing him off the bench, giving him a change of pace, something different might actually help him and say, "All right, man." I'm coming off the bench. I'm in a new role. Maybe it does help. Maybe it doesn't. But who knows? Like, at least give it a shot. That I I, I agree with that, man. That's that's one puff, man. You you have to start this, dude. You've got to. We're running out of time here, but I know you had some rebounding numbers you wanted to uh, to bring to the table. Yes. Well, the thing about the rebounding, we talked about the timeliness of the rebounding. Every rebound's timely. Oh, yes, but in the second half, when Carolina needed to get rebounds, they're trying to make a run back into the game. They they just they couldn't come up with them. First half, Miami out-rebounds them by one, 18-17. Okay, it's not great, but hey, Armando Baycott had two rebounds in the first half. For that, we'll, we'll, we'll live with that. Only being, you know, minus one on the glass. They got out-rebounded by seven in the second half, including some clutch ones down the stretch. I just, I mean, you had, what was it, the offensive rebound? I think it was 56-50. Carolina with a chance to come away with a rebound. Offensive rebound by Miami, foul end one. Right there, it goes from a six-point game to a nine-point game, and they built off of that. I, I just... You've got to come up with those timely rebounding. And and then the other thing I wanted to bring up, because I know we, we spent so much time ranting about that. I saw this. This was pointed out by somebody on Twitter last night, and I thought this was a great point. Um, some of you guys probably follow him. It's Mikey in DFW. Yeah. He brought up, he was pointing out the difference in points per possession for, for two-point shots and three-point shots, 1.37 for shots inside the arc, three-point shots, .48. <laughs> I mean, like— You're talking about almost a point per possession when in two-point shooting and three-point shooting— it's almost like I don't know. They should they should quit being allowed to shoot threes. Well, but but I will say this. Part of it is that. The other part of it is what we've seen a lot of teams do recently. Duke did it. Wake did it. And Miami did it again last night. All they're going to do is say, we're going to keep all five guys inside that arc, and we're going to make you beat us from the outside. So, yeah, you need to force the issue inside. That's where, we, when we talked earlier about getting more creative on the offensive end, it happens. 22 you of also, their first 28 points came in you, you also need to make shots. Yeah, but they were playing a lot of zone early. Literally what they did in the second half, you saw it. They literally just said, hey, we're going to sag into the paint, and all you're gonna, if you want to beat us, you're going to have to beat us from the outside because we're not going to let you get to the lane. But, again, it's you can get creative about 
how you find ways to the lane, but also, I mean, at some point, I mean, I'm sorry. You just got to nut up and make shots. You do. Like, if they're there, you have to hit those shots. If you can't, I'm sorry, you're not going to win. It's just, it's not going to happen. So, I mean, look at Caleb Love, for example. I'm not, look, I'm not going to rail on him because I don't think out of all the guys you could criticize for last night, I don't think he's really any, near the top at all. He was 2 of 12 from 3. He's 2 of 12 from 3. He got off to a great start to the game. Why? He was 3 of 5. Why? He drove inside. He hit the shot on the, but he, he did hit a 3. I mean, it was there, but he went cold. And why did he go cold as well? It was because of the poor shot selection in the first half. That got him out of rhythm. But then, yeah, they started taking away the lane, and he started forcing things. And they got into that mindset of, hey, we're trailing. We're not getting consistent stops on the defensive end. So the only way we can get back into this is to shoot the three ball. No, that's no, you can't. So, yeah, it's it's the same pattern, man, over and over again. We thought we had found a way to snap out of it against Clemson. I think what we learned is Clemson just ain't very good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I'm glad we got five days between games, cause I need I need an emotional break from this team. Okay, all right, said so you got it out. That's going to wrap up this edition of the show. Before we let you go, we do want to encourage you guys to visit the website heeltoughblog.com. Go back and read about the loss to Miami. Go back and read about the win over Clemson if you want to have some fun time reading. Um, I'll be back later this week getting you ready for that all-important matchup with little brother NC State on Sunday afternoon as I'll take you through the rest of this basketball season, whether Carolina wants to play or or, or not. Um, As for the podcast, you guys know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast, and we will pop up where we encourage you guys to rate and review the pod. But more importantly, we want you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any game preview, any great interview, or any great rant like this episode. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any additions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. But with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony once again for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that! <laughs>